going to be a tiny bit of swearing here. We went to this lake called McDonald's Lake in Kerrang, and there was a hunter with his dog, and he he shot a teal, which is one of the game in brackets game birds, um, and he just wouldn't collect it. It was just flapping on the surface, and I just I said to him, just uh, you know, go collect your bird. You give you. You want to give them the chance to collect their bird. You don't want to just have to go grab it and get it put down at the vet. You know, like it's better for them to collect it if they've shot it. And he just wouldn't. And he just told his dog to. And it was freezing cold as well. And like the dog was just sitting on the log, just shivering. And like, I'm just like, collect your bird. It was about maybe 100 meters away from him. And he just wouldn't do it. And I, I guess he was just doing that just to upset me. He could see that it was, you know, quite distressing for me watching this bird just flap around on the surface. And I just ran and got the bird. I just said, if you're not going to collect it, I'll, I'll collect it then. And I ran and got it, and he caught back up to me and, like, punched me in the face and <laughs> took the bird out of my hand and just ripped its head off. <laughs> it was pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah. There you go, there you go, there you go. Oh, you got him. You got him. He is still alive, but we can get him later. I'm James Milsom. This is The Rule Book. Now, laws are supposed to be about rights, protecting rights, giving people rights that are then protected, but they're also supposed to be about um, protecting people from whatever we decide people need to be protected from. But in the case of hunting, it gets a little more confusing. Is it about the right of someone to do something or is there someone else or something else that needs protection? Mm, let's leave that for now and wade back into the lake. They, just, they, um, they have three, three lakes that they like flood um, differently like each year. So one will get flooded and then the next, the next year and, and so on. Oh, it'd be like a 10, 10 square kilometer lake with re- like heaps of reeds in it where ducks would hide and yeah um, yeah a million a million tree logs under, underneath the water so every step you take you bang your shin it's probably the worst wetlands out of all of them in my eyes <laughs> just for like the memories and the, the layout uh, yeah my name's Luke Milroy and uh, I help rescue ducks through the shooting season with uh, the Coalition Against Duck Shooting. I've always been pretty strong into animal rights and I just saw it as a bad thing that was happening out on the wetlands with uh, yeah, shooters killing ducks and not picking them up and leaving them injured. So I went out for opening season. I think my first year was up in Kerrang. And then just, uh, yeah, just seeing birds falling out of the sky after being shot was pretty like distressing i guess so luke is part of the coalition against duck shooting he's talking about lakes in victoria and australia and they're pretty methodical about what they do so we um when we're out on the wetlands we collect we collect dead dead birds that they've left out there or that have been wounded of diet and have died and then we yeah we if we see rescued birds we we go rescue them and we also pick up all the 
I'll usually try to pick up all the rubbish that's out there. And as we heard in the opening there, relations are not always great between rescuers and shooters. You just get called everything under the sun. <laughs> okay, what are your favourites? Oh, well, the, the best one was Dave getting called a lesbian grasshopper. And we're just like, what the hell? What does that even mean? Yeah, and just like, oh, just the standard is like doll bludger and poofter and I don't know, whatever, like, sometimes we'll wear, well, like, I'll wear like a a balaclava because it's so, like, it gets pretty cold out there during, during the mornings and you get called like a terrorist and everything and you're like, well, how am I the terrorist? I'm not the one walking around a public wetlands with a gun. They just hate the look of us, really. But are you guys, like, that effective in your job? Yeah, definitely. Well, if you have a, like, we have, like, flags and that, and we will just warn the birds, and the birds will fly up out of shotgun range. Uh, if we're around a, a bunch of shooters, that they'd be lucky to get a bird. So I spoke to a lot of people for this story, and you're going to hear from all of them. However, I do want to stick with Luke for the time being. We're in the lake with him, and his stories are ones that I want us to keep coming back to. The water was probably about two degrees or something, you know. It was nearly freezing. It was, uh, I think it was the, the last day on, of the duck season where this happened. And, and it, so it's like, you know, the start of July, so the weather's getting pretty cold by then. The hunter had um, his son with him, and he had two friends out there as well who were unlicensed. They weren't, they weren't hunting. They didn't have guns, but they were out with him. And the hunter shot a duck, but he couldn't find it. So, like it was, a, he invited me to. I made sure he invited me to come and help him. So he, he like uncocked his gun, and you know, I said, "I'll come and help you if you want." And he, he said, "Yes." So I. I took that as a sign of, you know, like a, mut- a mutual understanding on, uh, like, my my half and the, on the, the half of the hunter as well. And I'm not going to build to a cliffhanger here because there isn't one. We don't need a sensational story to understand this issue. But what happened for Luke was, well, a government agency guy came up and started handing out fines. To Luke. I got a, a fine of um, using a noise-making device without a permit, which is which they related to me blowing a whistle to, to scare ducks off or, or to scare ducks away from the shooter. They, they said that oh, I also got a fine for harassing wildlife, which was using the whistle to, to try to warn the ducks that they're there was danger around. I got um, being within ten meters of a a shooter, which was which was uh, quite strange because I actually I went up to the the hunter to try to help him find a duck that he had shot in front of us and he couldn't find it in the in the reeds. And my theory with that is that if I help him find his duck and he he kills it straight away, it's a lot better than it suffering for like a week or so in the in the swamp. <laughs>
Good afternoon. Gun Emporium. That's Gun Emporium, which is exactly what it says. This is Bruce Wellington. He's the operations manager there, and he's a hunter. Uh, duck, deer, rabbits, fox, pretty much everything. Yeah, okay. Have you had experience with protesters out in the field? Yep. Uh, we're out there doing our... Uh, illegal activity. Quick clarification. He said, ah, legal activity, not illegal activity. Yes, it might be wild game, but at the end of the day, it's food on our table. Uh, and these people are interfering with essentially food going on our table for our family. And so is that the reason, would you say, that uh, that there should be laws that protect hunters that make you be able to hunt? Uh, yes. That and the safety aspect. Um, those guys are out there jumping up and down in front of people with known loaded firearms. They're not only endangering themselves, they're endangering everyone around them, including the hunter and including the people that are actually out there doing the lawful activity. Uh, they'll intimidate and follow hunters when hunters are trying to do the right thing, and they'll move, and these protesters will move to follow them. Um, they've got no legal right to interfere in what we're doing. And that is where we're heading, the legal right. And who has it, and why? Well, at the end of the day, we're at the top of the food chain, yeah? Um, we're here for a reason. If we utilise meat and protein, no matter how we seem to get it, as long as it's utilised, there's nothing bad about it. Talking to hunters caused me to remember something Luke said. He was charged with using a noise-making device when he was protesting or rescuing. I hadn't heard about that law, so I asked him for his understanding of what the law was that he was charged with at the time. My understanding is that uh, that was first introduced for, I'm pretty sure, electronic duck collars, because you you weren't allowed to use electronic duck collars on the wetlands. So that law was originally in place for hunters, and then they just, yeah, obviously tried to make it, yeah... um, relevant for us i guess by yeah trying that in court for the first time so reversing the intention of a law to favor a hunter well you can tell by my tone of voice that it got me wondering if you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the rule book then why not subscribe You'll be one of the first to hear all new episodes and it helps others find this excellent podcast. You might even like to support the hard work that goes into putting this podcast together by heading over to therulebook.xyz and donating your dollars. For as little as $2, you can help to make this excellent thing happen. And the more you donate, the more you have access to. Extended episodes, Q&A, it could all be yours. Head on over now to therulebook.xyz and follow the links through. Hello, I'm speaking. Hey, Tex. Hello. Long-term listeners will recall Tex Moyer, the ex-lawyer, not his real name or title. And I'm bringing him back in because, and please, do not ever tell him that I told you this. He's just better at this than me. Hey, um, I'm calling from Hangouts because I'm recording this conversation. <laughs> you meant to tell me that. At the beginning, I think you've just broken the law. I'm 48 seconds in. I think that's not bad. <laughs> what um, kind of bullshit lawyer are you? Where yeah, are you? I know. Well, anyway, yeah, go on. You, you, why do you think I've called you? I am a complete bullshit lawyer.
So here's the sitch. I interviewed this guy a while ago about um, he was a duck hunting protester and he got yep. charged with this um, like regulation under the Wildlife Something Act. And so, but the regulation is about using noise devices to like make the ducks fly away. Um, yep. According to him, the regulation was originally designed to uh, to to be used against the hunters, so that because they didn't yep. want to, the hunters to use these electronic devices to make the birds fly in the air, so they could shoot them more easily. The protesters yep. are using just whistles, and they're trying to make yep. the ducks go away, but when at a time when the hunt, hunters aren't ready to shoot them yet. Um, yeah. My what I want to figure out is how I can ascertain whether th- th- it, that really is the case. Whether they were the law was made for that reason, and my s- stumbling block is there's no second reading speech for regulations. No. So how do you n- right. find out w- what was? Oh, a little bit boring. So, well, text can talk a lot. So we've just edited him down a little bit. That's the luxury we have. I'm going to define a couple of things. Second reading speech is kind of the story that the member of parliament tells when they're bringing a piece of law to say this is why there should be a law. Uh, Hansard, which is what we're now talking about, is the record of everything that gets said in parliament. So closely connected. I had already looked through Hansard before I spoke to text, or tried at least, um, but there was always a chance that I had done a bad job. Do you want to send me, like, send my Gmail the um, the name of the regs and I'll have a look on my Hansard for you? <laughs> that would be amazing. Enter Sue Pennicue. She is a member of the Legislative Assembly. Uh, she's with the Greens Party in Victoria. She's uh, a career politician, been uh, in the job for a while. Texas search of Hansard exposed that when these regulations came in, the regulations that contained the noise-making law that Luke's been talking about, Sue Pennicue was one of the people who stood up and spoke out against them. So we have um, quite extensive regulations that were um, extended to basically give over part of the um, state forests, or um, state wetlands, many of them across the state, to hunters for three months of the year but to let them do what they like there. So even if other people want to go onto that land, they can't go near the water unless they've got a firearm licence and a shooting licence um, between sunset and 10am. So whether or not there are uh, a pro protesting about duck shooting. If they're just an ordinary person who wants to go to that particular wetland, they can't go near the water for that time. So, and, and for all intents and purposes, that those parts of public land are handed over to this small group of people um, to, my, from my point of view, commit acts of cruelty that are unnecessary. But even if you take that out of it, they're still handing over that amount of public land for three months of the year to a very, very small cohort of people. And I don't think the law should do that either. So to keep coming back to this question of whether our laws favour shooters, it seems like you could maybe say, well, the fact that there is a system enabling shooters to shoot is by definition favouring shooters. 
We then look at this uh, regulation that Luke was charged with. Um, it's about noisy devices or equipment, and it, as we have heard, outlaws people using uh, noisy devices. And so it starts off saying you're not allowed to use a device or equipment that produces noise that disturbs another person or disturbs or harasses wildlife. Um, then in a sub-regulation, it has this exception and so a number of exceptions. One of them is you can use a noise device if you're discharging a firearm or using a duck or game caller. So it was a few years ago, but Sue Penicue, who we're now hearing from, spoke in Parliament about this stuff. And even the penalties, you know, went from 10 penalty units to like 60 penalty units. Penalty unit in Victoria, um, about 150 so it wasn't bucks. even like a small rise in the penalties, not that you needed to do it at all because no case had been made. Usually when you're going to do that in the law, you're going to make radical changes to the law, like make something go for a whole three months instead of one weekend and six, six-fold penalties. You would do that um, in reaction to, you know, major issue that occurred, major problems, and there had not been any of that. It was just lobbying by the field and game. So it's all about keeping those people out so they can't see what's going on. I think that the law has been explicitly constructed to allow people to shoot Dr Siobhan O'Sullivan, she's from the University of New South Wales, done a lot of work into animal welfare. So I think that there's no doubt that the law is designed to facilitate shooters. It favours shooters. It wasn't a law created to advance protest or to advance animal rescue or to facilitate animal rescue groups. It was a law or a set of regulatory instruments that exist that were created specifically to permit shooting. So I can't imagine an argument that could be constructed that suggests anything other than it favours shooters. It is all about shooters. Now, that's not to say that there aren't restrictions placed on shooters. There are, but they're certainly lesser than a total prohibition, which is the normal state of affairs in in this country and in the state of Victoria, etc. I did also attempt to hear some more diverse views on this. I contacted Field and Game Australia. They told me they were too busy to talk to me. I also contacted the Game Management Authority, a government agency in Victoria. Uh, They took a couple of messages and promised to get back to me. On their website, though, it does say that there are 25,000 shooters registered in Victoria, The population of Victoria, about 6 million. You know, it is a curiosity. Why why facilitate such a niche activity? Now, certainly the restrictions, as far as I understand, have made it much more difficult for people to shoot than it was in time, you know, years gone by. And so, you know, I've spoken to friends and colleagues who happen to have grown up in rural or regional Victoria and and can remember when, you know, you could wake up one day, think, oh, I feel like doing a bit of 
duck shooting and, and head off down to the waterways. And now it's much stricter. You need to have um, type, various types of licences and pass various types of tests, etc., etc. Now, we could have a discussion about how effective they are, but at least they are administratively prohibitive. So it's not kind of a free-for-all. So there are, um, you know, the, these restrictions, but why... Why have laws that facilitate such a niche activity? There aren't many people that want to shoot and one would think that there are a lot more people who are sympathetic or empathetic towards animals. Do we lack sympathy or empathy around animals, generally speaking? Is there much more to it than that? It's obviously more complicated than I'm going to be able to cover here. And part of the reason, I think, for that is that it's hard to know what people do think. And here's the problem with that. It's supposed to be a democracy in which we're living, and for that to be effective, we really need to know what everybody thinks so that the government can hopefully give effect to that. Puzzling. Let's unpuzzle a little bit next time on The Rule Book. Thank you for listening to The Rule Book. This episode was produced by me and music by me. Now, there are a couple of things that I didn't get to and will never get to in this story, including in the next part. So if you want to hear more about things like the animal rights side of uh, this issue, then you can uh, pay to subscribe to my podcast via patreon.com. Um, you, a quick way to do that is to just go to the rulebook.xyz and follow the links to uh, support the rulebook. You get the full interview with Dr. Siobhan O'Sullivan there and more over time. Head to the website, therulebook.xyz, to find out something. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rulebook Podcast and, you know, the internet more. I've used clips from uh, the YouTube channels of Laurie Levy, Foul Talkers, and Rusty Dog 341. And I use a clip from Sky News as well. Thank you. Trixie Studio.